Welcome, everybody, to the number one podcast on the entire GD planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp. And man, if I were to tell you this isn't going to be the hottest episode yet, I'd be lying to your face. We have so much packed for the sports world, for takes, anything you could possibly want right now. Um, I'm so excited for the, for this episode. Hold on. Ah, uh, yes, it is the cold season. I am, I got a frog in my throat, I got a stuffy nose, um, got a cup of water right here with me, so if I pause to take a drink, don't, don't put your mind to rest, just continue on and listen. Um, if you guys saw, I dropped a kind of vlog-style video, um, what was it, last Thursday, of my sneaker collection, and that was just a really fun video to make. Thank you, everybody, for watching that. Um, I'm planning to drop another video this Thursday. Uh, again, another vlog-style video. I'll keep that a surprise for you guys in mind. Um, but, oh my goodness, I am so excited for this episode. I have so much on the table for you guys. Let's jump right into the show. First on the table... You know, we kind of jumped into the Antonio Brown saga last week. We uh, saw him take off his pads, his gear, right on the field, and he basically quit on the Bucks. left, um, you know, hit, got an Uber, and got the hell out of Dodge. Um, but since then, we've seen more to the story, a bit, a bit of light opening up from, in, from Antonio Brown's side, and it looks a little better for him um, in the limelight. Um you know, Bruce Arians, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, clapped back at him. But Antonio Brown claims he was dealing with an ankle injury the entire game, and the coach, the coach wanted him to go back in. He says no, and then Arians told him to get out. Um, Bruce Arians, head coach, claims that Antonio Brown wanted the ball more based on his incentives, uh, based on, you know, the primetime player that he used to be. He's going to want the ball. Kind of makes sense on his end, too. Makes sense on Antonio's end if he claims he was injured. Um, but here's the difference between the two sides of the story. Antonio Brown brought the receipts. He brought the texts. He posted the texts on his Instagram saying, you know, a conversation between him and Bruce Arians saying, I'm dealing with an injury, coach. I, I don't know if I'm going to be up to par. Arians basically, you know, shrugs it off, says, uh, we'll see how it is, blah, blah, blah. Um, doesn't give him a, you know, straight on answer like, yes, you'll play. No, you won't play. Uh, but you know, Antonio Brown's the one bringing the receipts here. Now, if you take a, I was nailing Antonio Brown left and right last episode. I was saying, you know, he's had issues his whole career. There's more than a dozen instances, uh, throughout his career on different teams where he's been a, you know, person of interest in a drama saga. Um, and you know, it's, it's, he's staying in the media. He just hung out with Kanye West the other day. He was just on the Full Send podcast. That is where he is at his best, in the limelight, in the camera. It's all it's what he wants to do. And if he's in, in a debacle with his team, what's he going to do? He's going to make the most he can out of quitting. He's going to want to be on the spotlight. He had the cameras all over him. He's been the topic all week. He's been on a podcast, one of the most popular podcasts in the world right now, the Full Send podcast. He was hanging out with Kanye West yesterday. Um, he flew to LA, he's in LA where all the celebrities are, he wants to be in the camera, and he does not care about what it is, but before it was the NFL, he says, you know, the NFL is my job, it's not who I am, the NFL, you know, um, has their rules and regulations, but it's not, it doesn't make up the person I am, Antonio, it has made up the person you are for the dozen instances you've caused, based on the Raiders situation, based on the, uh, 
situation with the Steelers about wanting out, about calling out Juju Smith-Schuster, about calling out Ben Roethlisberger. He just called out Tom Brady as well, saying oh, he doesn't have to be my friend if I'm playing football with him. Um, he kind of does. That's your quarterback. Tom Brady was the one who resurrected your career in New England, and he brought you back in the Buccaneers and vouched for you. Um, you know, you brought the receipts with your text messages, but you're not bringing the receipts of being a good football teammate when you're calling out your former QBs. Thank you very much. Um, you know, you're staying in the media. It's where you're best at. You're hoping for a Netflix documentary, and that's what, probably what you'll get here in the end, and that's probably what will make you happy, not football. But this is a sports podcast, and if you want a Netflix documentary, if you want to be on a YouTube channel, podcast, etc., whatever you want to be, I'm not going to report on you because you're not in the sports world. So, huh, sorry. Excuse me. I know. My 30 views means a lot to you, but this is just me being real. Antonio Brown, you have caused the most drama out of any NFL player I've seen in my 19 years of life. Um, you know, Terrell Owens, Chad Ochocinco, all, all up there. Not Chad Ochocinco. He wasn't too bad. He was just a funny guy. But Terrell Owens, the Hall of Fame debacle, any celebration you can think of being on at least 10 different teams, you have hopped him synonymously. Anywho, Antonio Brown, if you are not playing football, if you are not in the sports world, I, you know, I don't care enough to talk about the situation anymore. You brought the receipts, though. You did. I'll give you that. You brought the text messages with Coach Arians, and that's the proof you needed. Um, you know, but quitting in that limelight, you made the best out of it. It's what you do. It's who you are. I understand that completely. Um, but if it's Netflix documentaries and your voice being heard is what you want, this is a sports podcast. Sorry. It's out the window. I don't care about it anymore. Next. Um, so I, I said, I said last podcast, this national title game would be the least the worst ratings we've ever seen worst ratings i i made a bold take on this national title game and if you i was right i am sorry i'm 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 gonna take my credit here and if you guys take a look at the ratings this was the second least watched national title game in the last seven years besides the covid year last year uh between um alabama and ohio state last year this was the second least watched national title game and if you take a look at the TV ratings, this was the second worst rated national title game in the last 17 years. The only thing good about the game was the outcome. Georgia beats top-notch Alabama. I, I was going for Georgia, I'm not going to lie. Um, and that brought out a good story for Stetson Bennett, the, the quarterback of Georgia. You know, the walk-on story. You can make a movie out of it. Here he comes, walking on, fourth on the depth chart. He's never going to make it. Oh, here he is, winning the national title game. I think we've seen a few movies about that before. Um, it's a good story for the Georgia quarterback, which, you know, probably were the only reason it wasn't the worst-rated uh, national title game in, over the last two decades. Um, and, you know, in in the long run, this doesn't, if you're a Bama fan, first of all, I'm sorry for you. Second of all, um, it doesn't hurt the program in the slightest. We know Saban, he's been through losses in the past. He's lost national title games, Clemson few years back um this one Saban's you know not new to losing it's a, he's he's one of the great greatest coaches of all time in the college scene um he's dealt with losing before he's lost at his prior job at LSU he's lost national title games he's not he's made he hasn't even made every national title game um but you know eight out of the ten times it's going to be Alabama in the national title game the only good thing about this national title game was the outcome I was personally rooting for Georgia I didn't 
care to watch it that much. I ca- I caught the second half. It was a decent. It was a decent game. Too bad we've seen it before this same year. Um, you know, we want something as a sports fan, as a college football fan. I wanted something new. It probably would have brought TV ratings better. I know probably the committee thinks that everyone's head over heels for these D, these Class A programs. Um, but look at the ratings. We're not. Uh, it should have been Alabama and Georgia in the first game of the college football semifinals. It, it probably would have brought better ratings. It gives other teams a chance. Um, you know, and I don't think it tells the whole story of the season. I think if Michigan was matched up with Bama or um, Cincinnati in the first game, it could have played a lot different. It could have been this whole season just seems like, you know, just something that I've seen before. And I swear I saw it four years ago when Georgia played Alabama again. And the only thing different about it was the outcome. So, um, yep. Second least watched national title game last seven years, second worst TV ratings in the last 17 years, put a decade on top of that seven years and you get your ratings. Um, yeah, this, this was not a good look for the, uh, you know, season's over, the hurrahs are going on, we all hear it, yay Georgia fans, yay Georgia wins the title, cool. It's not a good look for the college football playoff committee, nor is it a good look for the whole NCAA in the slightest. You're showing the same programs that have been in it for the past decade, and it's annoying, it needs to be something new, there needs to be eight teams in the playoffs, we've seen this BCS run crap for the uh, last decade now, um... There needs to be a change that doesn't tell the whole story of the season. I feel like it's incomplete, sti- incomplete still, and I just don't think we've seen enough to know that Georgia's the national champion except beating two you know, teams in the top four. Big whoop. I want to see an eight-team college football playoff. That's the final. That, yeah, that's it for the national title game. Um, moving on to, to the back to the pros of the gridiron. We have our MVP race, uh, you know, between the uh, the goats of the league right now, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And from my understanding, it is easily Aaron Rodgers. Um, if you take a look at the touchdown-to-interception ratio, Rodgers handles Brady with ease. Uh, team record, Rodgers has two less losses than the Buccaneers. Um, quarterback rating, Rodgers has plus 9 QBR at 117, while Brady sitting at 108. Arians has his guy, you know, Bruce Arians. Like I said before, Tampa Bay Tampa Bay coach, you, you know, he's going to have his guys back. No wonder he's a coach and not an analyst because if he was an analyst, he'd see that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. And it's clear that he is. I mean, um, you know, I think there's been talk about having a separate award for a quarterback because, you know, we see it every year, quarterbacks winning the MVP. It's nothing new. Um they're the leader of the team. The MVP probably should go to them most of the time. But, you know, another award wouldn't hurt. You know, you have the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, I don't think it gives enough credit to, you know, other skilled player positions. You mean you have, I mean, you have Jonathan Taylor up there, who is an absolute behemoth running back, um, where the Colts probably would not be where they're at without him. Um, it's, it's easy to say. Quarterback's the best position or, you know, most important position in football and um you know the mvp race has always been between quarterbacks and i i think a different award like um i don't know i wouldn't even know what to call it but there needs to be a separate award for quarterbacks um i think that'd be you know something something different you know changing up awards like that is kind of a big deal in the nfl but 
Um, it would give a lot more players credit. It would, you know, you know, give other players legacies. You know, we talk about goats of the sport, you know, greatest of all time, NFL. Um, and you're probably going to name three to four quarterbacks in your top five. I mean, you got Brady, um, Joe Montana, all these quarterbacks. And, and when you talk about greatest football player of all time, quarterbacks don't make up the whole story. Um, yes, they are the most important, uh, position in football on paper but there's other players who make an impact um but right now yep Aaron Rodgers probably the MVP um you know I'm very excited saying that as a Bears fan and I'm very excited saying that as he's won it last year really fun um no I I think there needs to be a separate award I like the idea I think it it adds something new and give players more of a legacy um in the NFL the Raiders versus Chargers last week of the regular season in the NFL had might maybe the best season finale of all time. Um, you know, Sunday night, uh, Raiders, Chargers, back and forth, back and forth, division rivals going at it. Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Um, and there were talks, you know, a, t- a tie, a tie that would knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. Um, Steelers unbelievably made it into the playoffs after beating the Ravens and the Colts, you know, blowing blowing their entire season away against the Jaguars. Um, luckily, the Steelers got in. Now, listen, everybody cheering for a tie, I want you to know that this would have been absolutely terrible for the sport of football. Listen, if you think both the Chargers and the Raiders are a better team than the Steelers, that's objective. Listen, this is a division rival game at the, at the end of the season. They gave an extra game at the end of the season for moments like this that could potentially knock your division rival out of football. That's what football is all about. Knocking your division rival out. And and if there were, you know, thoughts of, you know, just ending the game in a tie, maybe smart for you, but that just takes away the competitive nature of the sport. It would have been it would have been terrible. A division rivalry game does not need to end at a handshake tie. That's horse crap. It it shouldn't happen like that. Um, saw plenty of people on Twitter saying, I'll go for the tie, go for the tie. No, why would you want to see a tie? That is just awful for, like, you watch this game, you want a decided winner. Herbert going, showing he's absolutely unhuman, fitting his those accurate footballs into the, those one-footed windows. Um, first of all, Justin Herbert really proved that he's a top-five quarterback. I Hot take here. Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback, easily, easily. After that performance, not in the playoffs, but listen, Justin Herbert nearly won that game by himself. His receivers were exhausted. He couldn't have put those balls better in those windows. That's what he said, or she said, whatever. Um, Yeah, a tie just would have ruined it. Um, This is what football is about, you know, having different teams in there. There was always going to be a team in the playoffs who don't deserve to be there. Last year, personally, it was my Bears. We did not deserve to be there. And there was teams that weren't in the playoffs last year that should have been. Uh, Dolphins, for example. Um, <clears throat> and especially in a division-ending game like that, should have not ended in a... It didn't end in a tie, luckily. But the people wanting a tie, shame on you. I don't like it at all. It would, would have been absolutely hilarious seeing Steelers fans' reactions. But that's not what the sport's about. It would have ruined the competitive nature, in my opinion. And, yeah, I'm glad Steelers, Raiders are in there. Um, sorry, Chargers fans. You guys, Chargers looked absolutely insane earlier on in the season. And just like the Colts, uh, we'll get in, talk about that another time. But the Colts, 
man, they blew their season away, and there's good teams that aren't in the playoffs now because, um, you know, it's the it's how the it's how the penny falls. Sorry, it's how it is. Um, you know, the NFL had their Black Monday, is what it's called. Um, you know, the firing and hire the basically the firing of a bunch of coaches for their terrible teams. Um, that's the name for it. I didn't even know there that was the name for it till it happened, but um you know, a bunch of coaches were fired on Monday and I'm going to have a segment. It's called Shedding Tears or Shifting Gears. Now I'm going to go through a team the teams that fired their coaches and I'm going to tell you is this a shedding tears move or shifting gears move? Now here's here's here, let's start it out here. We got the Dolphins. Dolphins fired Brian Flores. Had a night had 19 wins over two seasons. Started the rebuild of the Dolphins. If you looked at the Dolphins two years ago, they were absolutely pitiful. Ended the season 11 and five last year. Whoo! Didn't make the playoffs though. Somehow did not make the playoffs. Ridiculous. Um, and then they end the season this year close to an eight game winning streak, I believe. Um. If you look at that, you wouldn't think the man would have been fired. But guess what? Brian Flores was fired. This is a shedding tears move. This was a terrible move for the Dolphins. The guy's just getting started on his rebuild. He has a um, second-year quarterback who is, you know, developing a bond with his head coach. Uh, they have a very, they have a young defense. They have, um, you know, a great secondary who was catching fire towards the end of the season. They have, you know, okay offensive weapons. Offense could be better, but they have two at Tagovailoa, who is hit or miss right now. He's a second-year quarterback, though, so give him time. Um, but now they don't have time with their head coach. He's gone. Um, he was making moves with this team, and I don't understand the move in the slightest. Dolphins fans, you should be shedding tears right now because now you're restarting a rebuild that was already in the middle of happening, and I don't understand it in the slightest. Shame on you, Dolphins. Head front office. Terrible move. My Bears, my Chicago Bears, listen, shifting gears, Coach Nagy is out of the house, terrible play-calling head coach, did not understand Justin Fields in the slightest, made terrible roster moves, um, you know, I'm very, I was waiting for it, I knew it was going to happen eventually, I wasn't like, fire Nagy, fire Nagy, I, I knew he was going to be fired, What what is firing a coach in the middle of the season going to do? I don't understand that, give him a new coach, start of the offseason to develop a bond right before the season starts. Um, love the move. I think we're shifting gears. I hope we are. Um, trying to be as unbiased as I can here, but I think we're rebuilding nicely. Um, we have the talent. We have the de- we've always had the defense. Um, we have a great young core, and I like the move. Giants fans, listen. They just fired Joe Judge. It just broke on my phone about thirty minutes ago. Thirty minutes ago, Joe Judge is gone. That terrible coach. Um, but I still think you fans should be shedding tears. Listen, that, that towards the end of the season, the Giants just looked terrible. And with Daniel Jones as the quarterback, they're not going anywhere. Um, they're still sticking with Daniel Jones, but Joe Judge is out. Um, as long as you're sticking with Daniel Jones, the playoffs will not be in sight for Giants fans. I'm sorry. They need to look elsewhere for a quarterback. End of discussion. Shedding tears for the Giants. The Broncos, they are shifting gears. Vic Vangio loved him as the Bears defensive coordinator, but they have that while their defense was, you know, hit or miss a game that defense won them a few games, 
their offense looked atrocious, and they had a great receiving core with Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, very young guys, very talented guys. They had a great running back in Javante Williams. Um, Vic Vangio doesn't know how to run an offense. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, okay quarterback, but when you have that talent on the receiving cores and, you know, in the backfield, there needs to be an offense there. I think the Broncos have a very underrated, talented offense with great system players. Um, I think they're shifting gears with this firing. The defensive talent will still be there, but they need an offense, especially in the same division as the Chiefs. Um, the Vikings, now. I think it's kind of in between here. I think shedding tears, shifting gears, I think kind of both. Here's why. Mike Zimmer fired. Good move. But listen, these who this should have been done a while ago. These players are in their primes. Justin Jefferson is playing out of his mind. Thielen is towards the, you know, the his 30s. Um Dalvin Cook, you know, running backs don't last so so long anymore. Dalvin Cook's probably in his prime. Kirk Cousins is getting older. They might, you know, they're hit or miss on him too. Um, they have a great, they have great skill players on their offense, and they're in their primes right now. So having a reset right now is not good. But if they can get someone quick who knows how to develop an offense fast, they're in the right track. Um, but this should have been done a while ago. Now we're gonna go back up to the top of the list and. We're going to see candidates for these teams. Now, Dolphins should have never fired Brian Flores. Um, when I think of someone that they need, they need, you know, someone who knows how to run an offense. Um, I like, you know, uh, someone like Brian O'Connell from the Rams. Offensive coordinator, RPO style, um, kind of like, you know, Sean McVay. And the Rams offense, they run an RPO style, run pass option, great system, great something great that would, you know, um, take all the pressure off to uh, um, give the running backs more like Miles, Ga- Miles Gaskin some running room. Um, you know, I like that RPO style offense for the Dolphins. Um, for the Bears, you know, Brian Flores just got fired. You know, the dream would be Jim Harbaugh. I don't think he's leaving Michigan. I think he'd be a great developing coach for Justin Fields. He did it with Kaepernick. They almost won a Super Bowl. Harbaugh would be a guy. He used to play quarterback for the Bears. It would be awesome to see him come home. But um, we saw Brian Flores work with Tua Tagovailoa and developed him nicely to a you know 11-5 record last year and nearly a playoff spot this year. Um and, you know, with a solid defense that they have and better skill players than the Dolphins, I think the Bears could use someone like Brian Flores to develop a young quarterback with better skill players. Um, it would be nice to have an offensive mind uh, for someone who knows how to work with a young quarterback, not like Matt Nagy, but someone, you know, who has already worked with a young quarterback like Tua. Uh, I think Brian Flores would be awesome here for the Bears. Giants needs, I think, the same exact thing as... <coughs> Sorry, one second. ASMR. Um, anywho. <clears throat> so, the Giants. Listen, if you're going to work with Daniel Jones, you got to understand he's a scrambling guy. He has legs that work. We've seen him bust out 50-yard runs before. The guy knows how to scramble. That's the one thing he knows how to do. But the other stuff he's terrible at. But if they want to run a you know consistent offense, RPO-style offense, like Brian O'Connell from the Rams, I think this guy is a genius. Like he's a young guy. These young coaches are coming in hot. I think this would work perfectly for the Giants. Daniel Jones has legs that work. 
uh, for scrambling situations. Barkley needs weight taken off, run pass options, give quick throws. Barkley was running the ball 30 times. He looks not, not as durable as when he started. Um, this would take the weight off Barkley. That's basically their whole offense. Daniel Jones, you know, run pass designs would be perfect for him. Um, I'm not, you know, perf- per- being completely honest, I don't know what kind of offense they were running before. But seeing how Daniel Jones is agile and Barkley was running the ball 30 times a game, RPO style would be perfect for them. Broncos. Um, you know, their offense all over the place. They have the talent. They need someone who has a set system like Josh McDaniels from the Patriots, offensive coordinator. He, made, he makes Mac Jones look good. Um, if they shoot for a young QB in the draft, McDaniels would be a perfect fit, especially with their young receiving core and upcoming running back. They have a lot more receiving talent than the Patriots, in my opinion. And if they can, you know, get a good system quarterback and develop him like Josh McDaniels did with Mac Jones, it would be money for the Broncos. And they have a good defensive talent. Um, I think that defense will stay. They have a great secondary, uh, great linebacking core. Um, they have a great front seven. I think the Broncos are up and coming if they can hire an offensive mind like Josh McDaniels. Vikings. Now, while most of the Vikings offense is hitting their prime talent in their careers. Kellen Moore, hear me out. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator from the Cowboys. Um, he's developed a top offense in Dallas and turned Dak into a top 10 QB. It would make Cousins look good. Um, it would make him look manageable for the Vikings. I think, you know, if you look at the Cowboys offense, they have so many receiving threats like the Vikings. Um, and it's basically at the end of the day, Dak Prescott just needs to make the right decision. And if Kurt can do that, he'll look like Dak. I'm not saying he's as good as Dak, but if he just makes the right decision every play, his receivers are talented enough to get open. And they have a great running back like Dalvin Cook, like the Cowboys had with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, they have the running option too. But, you know, uh, Kellen Moore seems like a genius offensive mind in Dallas. And, you know, they're in the playoffs now. They're looking good. Um, I think that'd be a you know, great spot for the Vikings. Go hand-in-hand. Hand. I like it a lot. Whew. All right. Shifting gears and shedding tears. That section is over. On to, on to the next section, Rapid Fire NBA Edition. I'm going to give three hot takes Rapid Fire NBA Edition. Here we go. Russell Westbrook needs to go. Russell Westbrook is absolutely just... Ruining the Lakers, he's a ball-dominant guy who shoots 3 for 14 every game with 10 turnovers. Um, his The system does not work with him, especially with LeBron and AD being ball-dominant, just like Russell Westbrook. If you're if a team's going to have Russell Westbrook, he needs to be the main guy. Um, I'm not saying Westbrook's a bad player. He likes to get stats, but there's other guys on that team who love having the ball, um, and it's just not going to work out for Westbrook, especially when LeBron's the one who should be be bringing the ball up the court. Russell Westbrook needs to go, and I heard his trade value is not high right now. A lot of teams don't want him. The Grizzlies are dangerous. The Grizzlies have won 13 of their last 16 games. They're sitting at a 28-14 and 14 record. They're now fourth in the West. About two weeks ago, they were sitting ninth in the West. The Memphis Grizzlies are hot right now. John Moran is looking, you know, skyrocketing as in the MVP candidates. Um, yeah, they're a team to watch out for in the playoffs. They could pull off a Nuggets run like they did the COVID year. I really like them. Klay Thompson turns the Warriors into the finals favorites. Yes, um, in the West right now, I only see two contending teams, the Suns and the Warriors. The Suns kind of run old school basketball, but the Warriors Splash Brothers are back. And I think, um, not, <coughs> sorry, 
Um, teams in the East cannot compete with teams in the West right now. Love my Bulls. They're playing great basketball. But the system offenses in the West are just leagues above the system offenses in the East. Um, I really like Clay Thompson on you know back on the Warriors, and I think this puts them on, in the finals favorites. Um, Splash Brothers are back. The big three with Draymond, Thompson, and Curry is back. Curry is an MVP favorite right now, and he's playing out of his mind. Thompson just needs to be that shooter alongside him. Oh, man. You know, cold season's hitting. Oh, my goodness. This Omricon is skyrocketing. Stay healthy, everyone. Just your friendly reminder before the main event of the show. Main event of the show. Hold on. Ah, NFL playoff predictions. Here we go. I'm just going to predict the entire NFL playoffs right now. You're going to call me crazy for a few of these, but let's start off with the craziest. Eagles, Bucks. Now, I, you know from my power ranking segments through the past weeks, I've been a critic of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do not think they're as good as last year. Everyone's saying, Drake, you're going to be proven wrong by Brady. Brady's going to prove everybody wrong again because he's the GOAT, blah, blah, blah. This time it's different. He's missing one of his best targets. Their defense is average, and they don't have a running game. I think the Eagles are going to make this game close, and I'm and I'm almost certain they're going to win. I'm going to predict the Eagles beat the Bucks 35 to 31. Um, I don't see that. I see the Buccaneers, you know, running out of options. They're going to score points. Um, I think you know Eagles will hold them to a field goal. Brady's not going to torch them every possession. I see Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, you know, kind of running the ball down the Bucks' throat, making them pay. Um, you know, I think athleticism is going to beat them here. I really like the I'm just shot out of a cannon here 35 to 31. I think the Eagles are going to shock the Bucks and shock the world. Next wild card game Chiefs Steelers. You know the Chiefs destroyed the Steelers their first meeting. I think it's going to be a little closer, but the Chiefs are still going to pull off the win here. 26 to 17. The Steelers defense will give them a slight push, but the Chiefs will pull it out in the end. They're just a way younger team, way better put together team. Ben Roethlisberger is not in the slightest good. Um, the Chiefs aren't going to allow more than 20 points if their defense plays um, how they've been playing over the last 10 weeks. Uh, I like the Chiefs here, 26-17. Bengals, Raiders, I see, you know, these offenses are, you know, both shot out of a cannon offenses. Um, but I see the Bengals here handling the Raiders very nicely, 41-17. to I think Joe Burrow's on fire. I think this offense looks great. They have a great momentum-boosting w- win against the Chiefs. Um, I see the Bengals winning 41 to 17 here. Bills Patriots as much, you know, hype I've given the Patriots in their defense. I like the Patriots a lot. I think their defense is good, but a rookie quarterback is not going to beat, you know, a a developed Josh Allen Bills. Um, They're, you know, they're not going to score more than 20 points. I see the Bills winning 23 to 17 here. I think the Bills are in good playoff form. I think they have momentum heading into this, you know, wild card weekend. Uh, yeah, that's that for that game. Rams Cardinals. I think the superstar talent will take over here for the Rams. I got them winning twenty-seven to seventeen. Um, I give Kyler two more years. He'll be in the Super Bowl. I think. I think Cardinals are still developing a little bit. They have, you know, kind of a mixture of older and younger players. Um, it's going to take a minute before Cliff Kingsbury completely revamps this team. Um, but, you know, the Rams went all out for the Super Bowl this year. Um, I see them, you know, e- kind of easily passing this wild card round. 
Um, Cowboys 49ers. A lot of teams are predict, or a lot of people are predicting a 49ers upset against the Cowboys. I don't think so. I think the Cowboys are going to make plays on Jimmy Garoppolo, make him throw a few picks. Um, their offense is going to be just fine. I got the Cowboys winning 28 to 17. Here we go on to the divisional round. I got Packers Eagles. Here we go. Uh, pack, you know, Eagles are going to pull off the upset against the Bucks, but. They're going to beat the Packers, the most balanced team in the league. Packers are going to handle them nicely, 35-14. to 14. They're going to limit the run. Uh, Jalen Hurts isn't going to pass well against the Packers. Um, you know, they eat, their Eagles defense isn't stopping Aaron Rodgers in the slightest either. Um, let's see here. I have Bengals-Titans. Titans get a first-round bye. They are first in the AFC. Um, I see them as a figurehead one seed, though. Derrick Henry's coming back, yes, but the Bengals, I think they're literally on fire right now. Joe Burrow is looking great. Um, their offense is going to win them this game, 35-31. to 31. It's going to be another close one. But uh, Derrick Henry, you know, he may, may be healthy, healthy, but he's not going to be in full form again. Uh, and I think that's going to hurt the Titans, but they'll still get their points. I think they'll get their points against the Bengals defense. Um, Chiefs-Bills. Chiefs-Bills, here we go. 26 to 21 Chiefs are heading to the AFC title game it's going to be a rematch of last year it's going to be a close one it's going to be a rematch of earlier this year as well where the Bills handled them this is a completely different Chiefs team I got them winning 26 21 I think it's gonna be a great battle great defensive stouting you know by each teams Mahomes is going to be held a lot um Josh Allen's might make a dumb decision to ruin the game I got the Chiefs winning 26 21 uh here we go into the uh, conference title games. Packers, Cowboys. It's going to be a close one, I think. I think the Cowboys defense will give the Packers kind of a run for their money while they're on fire. Um, but I see the Packers defense holding the Cowboys to t about 20 points. I got the Packers scoring 24, though. 24 20. Um, Packers. Packers going to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is just in a different mode right now. He's not going to let, you know, a Cowboys team that, you know, may or may not be better than what they were when they last met in the playoffs um, ruin this last dance run for him. Chiefs-Bengals, another shootout, but I got the Chiefs pulling ahead this time, 41-31. to They know what they're going against this time around. Bengals kind of shocked them. Chiefs will be ready. Super Bowl-bound Chiefs. Packers Chiefs Super Bowl and here comes my bias I'm a Bears fan I got the Chiefs winning 31 to 23 I think this magical run that Aaron Rodgers is on is going to end in heartbreak I'm not saying that because I want it I might want it but I'm not saying I think I really think the Chiefs have caught fire here towards the end of the season I think you know this match that the Packers have lit it's it's on fire it's been on fire since week two of the regular season um it's going to burn out, and the Chiefs caught fire middle of the season. Um, I think the momentum is going to go completely their way. The AFC is a offensive-built conference, and the offense is just going to completely take over for the, the Chiefs here. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't think the uh, Packers are as durable as the Chiefs. I think um, they have a lot more veteran talent. The Chiefs are a lot better put-together offense, and their defense, we know they know how to play. Well, like I said, when this team clicks, they're going to click, and I got them winning the Super Bowl this year. Woo! <coughs> well, that was the finale of the show. Thank you, everybody, for my voice is almost completely out. Sorry. Um, 
thank you everybody for watching. Um, you know, this was kind of difficult to make with my condition. I have a cold. Um, but yeah, we're hitting the best time of the year for sports. I love this time. Super Bowl upcoming, NBA's taken off, college basketball, college football just ended, and now we're looking at, you know, the NFL draft for the college prospects. It's great. I love it. Um, expect more content to come this week from this channel, um, the vlog-style videos talking about. Uh, but that will do it for my weekly sports podcast. Thank you, everyone, for watching, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Peace.